It's a joy today to be able to be a part of our Phoenix Church. Hello, Dan and Reagan. We love you guys and miss you more than we can say. Also a real joy today to be with our Canberra family. And a real privilege to be with you. And, and I know you're joining us online. I think today we're having a little trouble uh, with some of the uh, Facebook, but we are on YouTube. And so uh, welcome. Welcome to everyone. Our theme this year has been open. Imagine that theme right now. Open. When everything else around us is closed, we're not closed. We're open. I'm open. My heart is open. My heart is teachable and reachable. And I can hardly go anywhere right now that everything but that it's closed, but I'm not closed. My heart isn't closed, my heart is open. You know what, my Bible isn't closed. My Bible is open, and I am learning and yearning for God and his word and his truth, and I am in such a season of open in a world that is closed. And not only is my heart open, and not only is my Bible open, but my mouth is open. We have been walking through all of these things over the past several weeks. This is a little review of what we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. My mouth is open, and I know that death and life are in the power of my words, and that my words are a rudder that can turn the ship of my life. My words can turn my life and make it go where I want my life to go. Like a huge ship has a rudder, a big man has a tongue. And that tongue has power. Words have power. And I can change and choose my course. I've also realized that with the power of my words, I can appreciate or depreciate people in my life. I have the value. I have the power to add value to people. I also have the power to devalue people. Just like I can appreciate my wife or my team or my neighbors, I can depreciate those precious ones as well, with the power of my words. We've also looked and seen that I, God has given me the power to change my attitude. I can change my attitude and I can choose my thoughts. Let me tell you, family, that's a superpower. When you can change the way you feel with your attitude and change the way you think by choosing your thoughts... That is a super power. And God has given that power to you and to me. My attitude determines what I'm feeling. And my thoughts determine what I'm thinking. Even in a global pandemic and even in a government lockdown, I have the power to choose how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Now, here in Australia... Many of our freedoms have been taken away from us. We never dreamt that we would live in a time or a season like this. Here in Australia, we can't go where we want. We can't do what we want. 
We can't see who we want. We are locked down. We are locked in. So much so that if we are three miles beyond our house, right now the police and the military can give us a $5,000 fine. But the greatest freedom we have, the freedom that no one can ever take away from us, is the freedom to choose my response and my reaction to everything that is going on around me. No one can take that freedom from us. We can choose our heart. We can choose our response. We can choose our attitude. We can choose our thoughts. Now, I can't choose what's happening to me. I can't choose what's happening around me. But I have the freedom to choose what is happening in me, in my soul, and in my heart. I choose joy. I choose Jesus. I choose to rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, to rejoice. Not only can I choose what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, but I can select what I'm seeing. I have the power to choose my view. I can look where I choose to look. I can select what I see, and I can fix my eyes. That's what I want to talk to you about today. We read in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25, look straight ahead, fix your eyes. Come on. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Or maybe we could even say today on who lies before you. Today I want to ask you this question. What do you see? We're in a global pandemic. We're in a government lockdown here in Australia. What do you see? We've kind of asked the question in these past weeks. What are you feeling by choosing your attitude? What are you thinking by changing your thoughts? And today I'm asking the question, what are you seeing? What do you see? And this is such an important question, family, because you are going where you're gazing. You are going. You are headed in the direction of where you are looking. Where you are looking is where you are going. We, we read in Mark chapter 8, verse 22, this wonderful story that takes place up in Bethsaida, Bethsaida, just north of the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. And we read that when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and he asked him, can you see anything now? What do you see? And the man looked around and he said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. I can see, but I don't see clearly. And so he said, they, they actually, men, they, they look like trees walking around. The King James Version says, I see men as trees walking so Jesus places his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. 
his sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. I'm believing that in today's service in Phoenix and Canberra and here across Sydney and where people are watching as far away as Liberia, Africa, I'm believing this morning for a touch of Jesus on our eyes in this day that we would never have dreamt that we would be living in, that Jesus would help us to not just see things like men like trees walking, but that Jesus would help us to see clearly, clearly. Because during this lockdown and during this pandemic, everything is blurry and fuzzy and hazy. The only thing we see clearly is how unclear and uncertain and unsure everything is. We need the touch of Jesus to help us to see clearly. King David said in Psalm 27 and verse 13, he said, I would have lost heart I don't think I would have made it. I, I think I would have been so discouraged. I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I, I would have lost heart. I would have been despondent. I would have been filled with despair. I would have felt like giving up unless, unless I had believed to see, I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I choose to fix my eyes. I choose where I'm going to focus my eyes. And that's what David did in his despair. He chose to fix his eyes. He chose to believe to see. I decide what I'm looking at. And I don't have to look at everything I see. You don't have to look at everything you see. You choose your focus. You choose what you're going to do with your eyes. You actually have the power to turn your eyes. You actually have the power to fix your gaze, to choose your view. You have that power. When Peter stepped out of the boat... And walked on water to Jesus, Peter went where his eyes looked. He stepped out of the boat. He turned his eyes upon Jesus. And he went where he looked. We read in Matthew 14 and verse 28, Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master... If it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. He walked on the water to Jesus. He put his eyes on Jesus, and he stepped into this storm in this miraculous moment, and he began to walk straight to who he was looking at, straight to who he saw. But, but... When his eyes looked down, he went down. When his eyes looked down 
at the waves, churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and he started to sink and he cried, Master, save me. He went where his eyes looked. While his eyes were looking straight ahead, he went straight ahead. While his eyes were focused on Jesus, he was believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. But when his eyes looked down, where everything was tumultuous and clamoring, and, and, and there was like this vortex of, of, the, of the storm sucking him in. Don't let this storm suck you in. When he looked down, he went down. And so will you. And so will I. But when we look straight, we will go straight. Am I looking at Jesus coming to me on the waves? Or am I looking at the waves coming upon me? What do you see? If I look straight ahead, I'm going straight ahead. If I look down, I'm going down. The boisterous waves of social media and the strong winds of COVID-19 coerce and compel me to look down. But the psalmist said in Psalm 121, in verse 3, or 1 through 3, he said, I will... I will. Do you know I will is one of the 10 most powerful things you can ever say? He said, I will. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved, and he who keeps me will not slumber or sleep. I will. Do something with my eyes. I will not look down. I will look up. I will lift up mine eyes to the Lord who is my help. I will lift up my eyes. I will turn my eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light and the glory of his grace. I choose my focus. I choose what I will and will not look at. I will not. I will not. That's also one of the 10 most powerful things you can ever say. I will not let the world in all of its confusion and chaos choose my focus for me. I will not. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, 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 temporary. There's a use by date on everything I'm looking at right now. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The message says there's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. See ya. 
here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever, I believe, to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What do you see? What are you looking at? We begin to look like what we look at. And our focus becomes our future. What do you see? In Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14 and 15, Lot and Abraham separate. And now for the first time in Abraham's life, at least for the first time in many, many years, he and Lot are no longer together. And in that moment, God says to Abram, open your eyes. Look around. Look north. Look south. Look east. Look west. The whole land is spread out before you. I will give it to you. I will give to you and to your children forever. I will give you everything you see. We begin, we become like what we look at. God told Abraham, what you can picture, you can possess. I will give you what you see. So make sure what you see is what you want. What can you see? God says to Joshua, who slips out from the camp and stands before the giant of Jericho, a city like they've never, they've never seen before, Jericho, a city with walls so high that two chariots can race. They can have chariot races across the top of the wall. And what does God say to Joshua? He says this one powerful, emphatic word. And I like the way the New King James Version translates this because it uses this one word and then puts an exclamation mark next to it. See. See. I have given you Jericho. I've given you Jericho. I put it in your hand, the king and its mighty men of valor. See, 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 Joshua. Jericho is your possession. Jericho is your inheritance. See it, see it, see it. Don't see the gates. Don't see the walls. Don't see the ramparts. Don't see the numbers. Don't see the daily statistics. Don't see the improbability. In order for you to see what you must see, you have to not see what you should not see. See, I have given you Jericho. I put it in your hand. Can you see it? Can you see the king and all the mighty men of valor? They're in your hand. He had to look at the promise and quit looking at the problem. What do you see? How's your vision? Do you see clearly? Or do you see men as trees walking? It's hard to see clearly when there was such contradiction and confliction and confusion 
every time we turn on the internet or the news. The question today is what should we see? What do we need to see? Where should I turn my eyes? What should my focus be? What should I be looking at? What should I be seeing? And I believe today the Holy Spirit wants us to see three things. But you have to see on purpose. You have to see it like Joshua saw that Jericho was his possession. You have to see it like Abraham looked around and, and saw north, south, east, and west. This is all my inheritance. What does God want you to see? Three things. I believe there are three things that we need to see in a global pandemic and a local lockdown. And the first is this. I had Andrew Paik in my office a while back, and we were talking about West Care. Many of you would know, at least in the Sydney location, and maybe some in Phoenix, maybe some in Canberra, that Andrew oversees our West Care. And Andrew and I, were, which is the, the local care arm of our church here in Sydney. And Andrew and I were having this conversation, and, you know, we were talking about how that West Care has not had a fundraiser in like two years. And that's kind of how West Care is funded, is through fundraisers. And yet, it, it miraculously, West Care is solvent. We're in the black. We're going forward. I, I can't explain it. We haven't had a fundraiser in two years, but miraculous things are happening. But Andrew and the team are very, very busy, especially right now when so many people are in such a, you know, desperate situation. And I asked Andrew, who's out and about a bit, or at least he was, I asked him this question, Andrew, what do you see? What do you see? You're in and out of the area. You, you, you see some of the most difficult things. You see the domestic violence that's happening like a pandemic right now. I read somewhere the other day that the second national pandemic after COVID is domestic abuse. I said, Andrew, I said, what do you see? And he looked me in the eye and he said, Pastor, I see opportunity. I see opportunities. Opportunities like we've never had before. Pastor, I see opportunity. I see opportunity to help and to care and to share and to encourage and to inspire and to reassure. Pastor, there are opportunities all around us. We are surrounded by opportunities. What do you see? Opposition or opportunity? What do you see? Oppression or open doors? I believe we should see like Andrew sees. That we should see opportunities everywhere. Years ago, when we were in Hawaii speaking for our good friend, Pastor Terry Wong, my children were much younger, his children were much younger. And I've told this story several times, but we were all at a restaurant together and we were taking a photo of our families together. 
And at that time, Terry's little daughter, Vanessa, she was like five or six, I don't remember, maybe three or four. Real cheeky. And we just started to snap the photo, and I stepped in front of her. <laughs> and so I'm right in front of her, and she's pulling on my coat. And she's saying, hey, hey. She said, I can't see me. <laughs> I can't see me. And we've laughed about that a hundred times. And I've spoken about it many times. Because if all I can see is me, then my eyes are out of focus. If all I can see is me, then I am nearsighted and I won't see the amazing opportunities that are in front of me because all I see is me. And I will only see when I look beyond me what I can't do, not what I can do. I see opportunity in a global pandemic, in a government lockdown. I see possibilities. I see opportunities. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity and we have opportunity, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Opportunities, opportunities, opportunities. We have never had more opportunity to show kindness and love and care and compassion than we have right now even if it's within a five-kilometer radius. The message says it like this. Right now, therefore, right now, every time we get the chance, and do we, we get the chance, we get the chance, and every time we get the chance, right now, right now, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Right now, opportunities abound. I believe we need to see three things. I believe this is the time for us to open our eyes and look like we've never looked before. And firstly, we need to see what Andrew sees. Opportunities. Secondly, I believe we need to see what Jesus sees. In John chapter 4 and verse 35, Jesus says to us, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. What does Jesus see? Jesus sees fields, fields that are white for harvest, fields that are ready for reaping, not in the future, not four months from now, not during a time that we would might expect that there would be a harvest, but right now. The fields that Jesus was talking about were the Samaritans, was the village of Samaria, where the woman had just left the well, ran into the village of Samaria, told all the men everything she had ever done before in her life, and asked if this man could be the Messiah and they come out of the village, and they're coming to Jesus. The whole village is coming to Jesus, and Jesus looks at them, and he points to them, and he says to his disciples, the fields are white unto harvest. The harvest is ready. The harvest is right now. 
The fields he was talking about were those Samaritan men and women. Do I see fear all around me or fields all around me that are ready for reaping harvest? Harvest. The message translates it like this. I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe. Imaginations. It's harvest time. What time is it in the world today? It's panic time. It's harvest time. The Living Bible says it like this. Look around you. Vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and ready now for reaping. Look around you. Look around you. Look around you in a global pandemic. What do you see? Joel the prophet said in chapter 3 and verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I do not believe that we have ever in our lifetime seen people more open or ready for God. The New Living Translation says thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord will soon arrive. I see what Andrew sees. Opportunity. I see what Jesus sees, harvest. The devil would not only have us shut in and shut out, he would have us shut up and shut down. But that's not going to happen, not on your watch and not on our watch. No, the devil would have you shut up and shut down and just focus on everything and how it's affecting you. That is not going to happen because this is the day of opportunity and this is the day of harvest. You and I are surrounded by opportunities to be light and salt in a dark and tasteless world. And your family... And your friends and your neighbors have never been more open to God than they are right now. I want you to see what Andrew sees. And I want you to see what Jesus sees. And I want you to see what I see. I see a future, and a hope. In Jeremiah 29, in verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I want you to see three things. I want you to see opportunity. 
I want you to see harvest. And I want you to see hope. Not panic. Not pandemic. Not lockdown. Not bad news. It becomes worse news. I don't want you to see it. I want you to see through it. I don't want you to see it. I want you to see beyond it. I want you to see past it. I want you to use a superpower where we believe to see the goodness of God. And I want you to see right through this. I want you to see yourself on the other side of this, looking back at it. Now, this is how I see it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. This is how I see it. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This is how I see it. For our lockdown and pandemic, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This trial is working for me and forming in me an eternal weight of glory. This is what I see. James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind, local or global, dear brothers and sisters, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it. In other words, see it, look at it, consider it, step back, see it, an opportunity for great joy. I'm reading to you from the Bible. This is God's word. For you know That when your faith is tested, that's what's happening right now. You know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Well, come on. So let it grow. I mean, come on, bring it. Your endurance has a chance to grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. What do you see? This is what I see. What do you see? Opposition or opportunity? The hardest days or harvest days? A future that's awful or hopeful? A trial and a test that has come to take me out? Or a trial and a test that has come to take me up and build me up? And make me stronger. This world is not my citizenship. This world is just my little pass through. And while I'm passing through, I want to become more and more like Jesus. Opportunity. Harvest. Hope. What do you see? You're going where you're gazing. You're going to begin to look like what you look at. Are your eyes straight ahead? 
Or is all of this media and social media and tell all the stuff, is it making you look down? Because if you look down, you're going to go down. And you're going to find your place, yourself in a place of despair. But like David, you can say, I would have lost heart. You know, I would have. This just seems to go from bad to worse. This just seems to be sucking the life out of me. I would have despaired. I would have given in to despondency. Except and but I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. There's opportunities right now for me to serve and bless and love and be like Jesus to those who are with me or near me in my home or who are near me in my phone or my neighbors. This is the time of opportunity. And like Jesus, I need to get my eyes and not just see me. I need to see a harvest that is happening all around me. And I don't want to be a foolish son that sleeps in the harvest. I want to be a part of that harvest. And I see I see a trial and a tribulation that will pass and fade away. And I see a servant of Christ that's just going to go from strength to strength and get stronger and stronger.